It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Behind the Steel Curtain Editor, Dave Schofield, coming at you. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 p.m. There's not much of the season left. Where else would you rather be as a Steelers fan? But I have to say it with me, as always, except when he's not, is my big brother, Rich. Rich, how you doing tonight? Oh, I saved it for tonight. We will just... <laughs> Breathe in that sweet smell of victory. I, it's crazy because Coach Tomlin said it today in his press conference. He's like, seems like it's been a while. You know, just that one night difference um, of yeah. of the game being Saturday than Sunday does seem like it's, you know, a bit of a delay till we get here. Plus, there's kind of been a lot that's happened with people outside of dealing with Steelers football. You know, it was, you know, Christmas and things like that. So therefore, it just seems like uh, a lot's happened since the Steelers were victorious against the Las Vegas Raiders at Akershire Stadium on Christmas Eve in the freezing cold. Whew. It was interesting. Now, you already get to talk a lot about the game because of the postgame yes, show. Did. So this, other than me doing the Mike Tomlin post or not post game um, weekly press conference. I haven't got to say too much. So I guess I'll probably do a lot of the talking this week for once. <laughs> not really. Well, it'll be just like normal. So uh, for once, 
I think there was a an overall rejoicing in in uh, <laughs> in the BTSC family. They were like, "Break from Dave! Break from Dave!" Yeah, at least yeah, that's how well, I felt. Yep, yeah, it is what it is now. But it was there was a lot of work to be done after the game. But guess what? Now the Steelers are back to back prime time, back to back prime time games. Uh, before we get into the other news and stuff from today, what? How do you feel about the flex? Hello, are you still there? Are you okay? That's that's how you feel about it. Yeah, I'm still sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. My only thought is, I feel a little bit like Jeff Jeff Hartman's been saying is the whole, you know, if the Steelers were still playing at one o'clock, they would still, we'd still know for certain if they were in playoff contention, they could be eliminated from playoff contention before the game even happens. Yeah, I think Jeff stole that from me. That's the only downside. Yeah, that's really well, it's the only downside. Well, as for someone for Jeff who covers the team, and he won't stay up even if he doesn't have to work the next day um, because of things. I'm like, because I, I know Jeff doesn't have school the next day. Um, so, and, and that's kind of how I looked at. It. I'm like, if they're going to have to play prime time, at least play prime time when I don't have to get up the next morning. And that's what they're doing. But the other thing that I have, before I get back to what Jeff said, which I said, I, I think that was something I sent to him in a private message first. Uh, I don't know if I did or not. But we were, in other words, Jeff and I were thinking the same way. Is living where I live, I was going to get this game no matter what. Yeah. So to me, if they're going to put a game in prime time, I want one that I'm, that I'm not going to see otherwise. So this one I was going to get because they're playing the Ravens. So I, I get every game by the Ravens. So that that was one thing. But I also like Coach Tomlin said about it today. He was really happy that it got flexed. He was excited about it. Um, I I, I should look up the exact quote because I quoted it in my thing. But uh, I I, I don't think I – I don't know where I put it. But he basically said, you know, in, in order to play – oh, wait, I got it. I found it. If your games aren't getting flexed this time of year, you aren't doing it right. So in other words, look at it coming out of the bye. The Steelers are coming out of the bye before they even play New Orleans, and they get flexed out of Sunday night because of how their season was going. Yeah. Now they're playing a team that has that is has one less win than the team that they got flexed against now. Now back then they were very similar records, and they get flexed into Sunday night. So it's not really as much about who the Steelers are playing, more as much as they're playing well enough to think that that's something they can do the rest of the schedule. Um, it's just one of those, just 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 one of those things, you know. Yeah. But to me, it was all about. I like that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that. I want them to play as many games possible and still be mathematically in the equation. They could be eliminated before they play Sunday night. And not that that matters. We're going to talk about that because the Steelers simply need to do their part. That's looking at, at this past game. We're going to talk about that a little bit and about it going forward. Kind of bummed that, that that's what's going on, that, that they could be eliminated before they take the field. I want them to play as many meaningful games as possible. And there, Coach Tallman says it. They're all meaningful if the scoreboard's on. You turn on the scoreboard, it's a meaningful game. But it would just it just would be nice because they kind of 
over the last 20 years have played very few games that didn't that where they had already been eliminated. So that's just that's just what it was. Yeah, and you know, I, I see you wanted to be selfish about you know the flexing of this game. I'm more selfish about what the game the next week looks like. Yeah. Um, because I'm going and don't want to have to go to a late game. I want a one o'clock game. <laughs> I'm telling you. If anything, they could they could maybe move those to 425. I don't know that they would do that. That's not going to be the Sunday night game the last week of the season. I know yeah. what the Sunday night game is going to be the last week of the season. I already know which one it is. It's going to be Jacksonville and Tennessee. Because the winner wins the division and the loser does not make the postseason. That's already determined regardless of what happens this week. Okay. So that game's that's that that's got to be the Sunday night game. Nothing else affects that game. So to me, that's what they should be putting there. But I digress. That's that's different. Let's let's talk about some news. The Steelers had to make some roster moves today. They had an open spot on the practice squad because of the roster moves that they made prior to the game. They needed another safety, so they they wanted Elijah Riley. The problem was they had already elevated him three times, so they couldn't use a practice squad elevation. So they had to bring him to the 53 roster. They did that. They released Josh Jacobs, the cornerback. Probably would have looked to put Jacobs in the practice squad. That's where he was to start the season. But he got claimed off waivers by Arizona, so he's out of the picture. So the Steelers, they 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 have their they, – they had to sign another player to the, to the practice squad – and so that's the more minor of the moves. We'll go ahead and do that. They signed uh, safety Scott Nelson to the practice squad, and he was already on the practice squad in October for a couple of weeks. So it was someone that they that they brought back. Right. The other thing was the news of Marcus Allen going on IR because he had a bicep injury and bicep surgery, and then therefore the Steelers signed linebacker Tay Crowder off of the New York Giants practice squad. He had just got on their practice squad last week. He They released him last week and put him on their practice squad. So it's not like he's been on their practice squad all season. He was on the roster pretty much all season. So, But that's just a formality. I know some people are like, oh, Marcus Allen. You know, I, I kind of went off on a little bit of rant on the on the uh, Mike Tomlin press conference recap that, you know, some people that that talk about the Steelers said about how Marcus, Marcus Allen is a waste and brings nothing to the team. Those are the same people that complain when the Steelers are giving up, you know, 20-yard punt returns and things of that nature or getting a punt blocked. So you can't say that special teams guys bring absolutely no value to the team and then complain when things don't happen on special teams. Like when Miles Boykin and Robert Spillane were both out the same game and the special teams really suffered because of it. So I know we had the boneheaded play. There's no excuse to that. But to think that he didn't bring any other value out by removing that from the equation is also crazy because people want special teams coordinator to to do all these magic things without ever having any players that are special teamers. People want to complain about Derek Watt. They want to complain about the, the Miles Boykins and the Marcus Allens and those kind of players that you need those players and you need them active on game day in order to have your best special team. So we might have seen the end of Marcus Allen in Pittsburgh. He's not under contract for next year, but it's not that he didn't bring value. And he actually had a very good uh, game special teams-wise before he got injured. And uh, I think he has like 10 special teams tackles, which is a decent bit. Yeah. So, yeah. so 
it's possible that it's nice that you, you have the whole week to figure out what's going on uh, with his special teams positions because those are that's something they will have to address. Um, anything you want to say about the the roster moves? Um, no, um, nothing really. Um, they were moves that weren't super surprising given what had happened. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So 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 there it is. So let's uh. Let's talk about our great Christmas Eve celebration. <laughs> I'm sitting there, do you know, helping you with, with the knee jerk article because you were you were also um, uh, doing some other Christmas Eve things early, and then you were helping me out later by doing the podcast. Right. And when the Steelers gave up that first drive, to me, I just had the tone set that it was going to be a disappointing game throughout i said oh crap it's going to be one of those games going to be one of those games and then it wasn't yeah it got saved at the very end i mean honestly um yeah that that it was just that it was just one of those those crazy things that they they came back i'll ask you this because you know our our father had, had been at at my house recently and and i you know, talked about things with him. Did that game, did the second half of this game kind of remind you of the Dolphins game? Yes. Yes. Where the Steelers, the defense was shutting down. They weren't giving up anything. The offense just needed to take the lead. They just needed a touchdown to take the lead. First it was a touchdown to tie. Then they got a field goal in there. They just needed a touchdown to take the lead. To me, now, I don't know if you wanted to compare the Dolphins to the to the Raiders and things of that nature about the quality of opponent. That that's that's an aside because they're all NFL teams, and you can talk about that. But that just adds another variable. To me, it shows the growth of the Steelers' offense by getting it done this time. It does because actually I think I put in the knee jerk, you know, we're 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 going the Steelers are are on that last, you know, on that touchdown drive. They hit about midfield, and I think it that was about the point I I oh I think it was even further than that. They were down, I guess, around the 40, 35, somewhere in there. And I thought I was like, uh, you know, I, I'm getting excited, but I feel like they're just toying with my emotions. <laughs> uh, you know, it's yep. it's like, you know. I, I'm afraid I'm going to get all excited and we're going to end up turning it over on downs eventually or something. Um, only to see him come through. I mean, they, they got it to the 14 and I'm still sitting there thinking, all right, but we still got to punch it in. Still got to punch it in. Bam. Next play punched it in, you know? Yeah. Well, first of all, before I, I break down the, how the, the last couple plays on offense, the title of this show was The Steelers Simply Need to Do Their Part. And we're going to talk about that as we look going forward. But that's what they needed to do on Christmas Eve. Those players on the field weren't just representing the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers. They were representing all those players that have come before them on a special night uh, and a celebration and a retirement of the number 32, which, which turned – into something completely different during the week of what it never should have been that it never should have been. And honestly, if the Steelers, it made sense to wait to retire the Jersey on that night 
because you didn't know that was going to happen. But it's so sad that then Franco was not there to celebrate it. And if it wasn't for doing it on that special occasion, you would have said, well, why didn't you just get it done earlier in the season? And and it's sad and it's it's tragic and I I really don't like thinking about it I really don't but yeah, it, but the Steelers were representing the fans the former players everybody wanted to go out there and win that game for Franco and it was on them they just had to do their part to represent everyone else and it wasn't pretty it was in doubt for a long time but they came through go ahead I'm sorry. You know, you say how awful and terrible that was for Franco. But knowing who Franco was, like, if you could have, you know, if you could have opened up a communication directly to heaven and talked to Franco, Mm -hmm. Franco would have been the kind of person that said, I wish I would have been there, but it's okay. I knew it was happening. And that's Mm -hmm. all I needed. Yeah. And it, I mean, and part of the, part of it happening is every, is all the buildup and all the things that were going on leading up to it. And that's what he was engulfed in. And that's what was going on. And I mean, we did this show last week and we were talking about coach Tomlin's, what the things he had to say about Franco Harris in, in the present. And the next day you have to talk about him in the past. I mean, it's just, it, it, it just goes to show that it's, it's, it's life is so delicate and, and, you know, take advantage of everything that you can, but the Steelers see, that's the kind of guy Franco was though. He took advantage of everything that he had. He lived his life to the fullest every single day because, you know, so although I, I, you know, I was crushed along with everybody else. There was, there was a piece of me though that was like you know, <laughs> I, I guess Franco as a person wasn't much different than Franco the football player. Franco the football player always left everything on the field. He always gave it everything. Mm-hmm. He was that way in life too. It was it was every day he put it. It was always out there, and he he just made sure he was doing, you know, the things he wanted to to do and accomplish the things he wanted to accomplish. What more could, you know, what more can you ask for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, they had to win the game. They needed to do the Steelers just needed to do their part to win the game. And I mean, guys like Cam Hayward who come running out of the tunnel to end every, to, to end the introductions with the 32 flag running out of the tunnel. And then for him to play the way he did, my goodness, Jeffrey and I are working on our vertex for this week. It's on Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward was a beast. Oh my! He goodness. was just, just every play. I mean, I, I I try to watch him a good bit because he's my favorite player. Um, but you couldn't not see him on the defense, just constantly disrupt. And Alex Highsmith gets a great sack at a timely moment. And what happened for him to get that sack? They ran a stunt. Yep. With Cam and, Hayward. And because and everybody- Cam Hayward had been dominating so much. 
Everybody went with Cam. to flow to Cam, and it gave Alex that free run, and he closed fast, and he made the tackle. Yeah. You know, how many times do you see someone running that, that way and going so fast that they get sidestepped or they just don't complete it? That he came through and he, 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 he got it. But I mean, once again, even the sack that wasn't credited to Cam was set up by Cam. He just, he really had a night. Well, you know, it's, you know, you know, he's having a night when the announcers, I want to say it was towards the end of the third quarter, were just talking that he was playing like his hair was on fire. Yeah. You know, when the announcers are saying that about somebody, then it's like, okay, they're seeing the same thing we're seeing, that he is just dominating. Yeah. Um, and he was. He was he was dominant. Yeah. And and the Steelers defense was dominant, as Coach Tomlin said, outside of that first drive. He said that you can't you can't warm up to it. You've got to hit it going right off the bat. I think. Um, let's see. What's he? What, what exactly did he say? That um, that they just need to start faster because you had that first drive, you know, you, and and everything with that. If you look at just the first quarter, in just the first quarter, um, the the Raiders were three for four on third downs. Um, they held the ball for over half the quarter before the Steelers even touched it. They had the ball for 10 minutes and 38 seconds in the first quarter. So, so they were, they were three for four on third downs, but they finished the game six of 12. So they were three for four. And then the rest of the game, they were three for eight. So it was, it really was getting going and they had that 10 minutes and 38 seconds of possession, but they ultimately only had 27 minutes and 21 seconds for the game. So, you know, more than a third of their time of possession was in that first quarter. And then the Steelers slowed down. I mean, slowed them down, you know, just kind of got into a rhythm and got it going. Yep. So. Well, I, I knew the Steelers were doing what they needed to on defense when you saw the frustrations of Josh Jacobs. Yeah. He he was really getting mad and frustrated. Yeah. And, you know, that, that was the, you know, that's the league's leading rusher who then could not get it going. Yeah. Um, because if you look at it, he had 23 yards in the first quarter and 44 yards in the game. That's just kind of, kind, kind of, and Devontae Adams, two catches for 15 yards, I think it was, for the game. Two, two catches, 15 yards on nine targets. And one of those was a 12-yard catch where Robert Spillade was out there where he could have stopped him for three yards. That's the one thing that I've noticed in each of the last two games is him trying to make that diving stop. On a on someone that's way faster than him out out in space yeah. and not being able to come with it, up with it. So, and anything? Okay, what about the interceptions? What are your thoughts on the interceptions? Uh, interceptions, actually, cat-like quick um, reflexes by Arthur Mullet on that first one. I couldn't believe. He came up with it on the tip. He really reacted quick to be able to get that one. Um, Minka had a little bit more time for his to set up, but actually the one that was overall the prettiest was Cam Sutton's, the last one. 
Um, Cam took a he took a great angle at that ball, but and still had to make it the diving interception. Um, I I didn't think he was going to pick it off when they let go of it because I wasn't sure he was going to you know be able to actually get to the ball. He had to take the perfect angle, and he did. Yeah, and I'm sorry if there's some noise in the background here going on. I got some 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 banging that should be stopping here just a moment. I don't know if you can even hear that or not. But uh, all three interceptions, I thought, showed great hands. Yes. And it's what this – and once again, it was what the Steelers didn't have in the second half of that Miami game where they had some that they could have come up with and they didn't. I mean, the, the Millette interception – was basically it, it was the very next play after the picket interception. It basically to me, the timing of that was so important because it's like, hey, you guys had yours, we got it right back. We got yes. it right back. And he had to tip it and go on. Mika Fitzpatrick, that was quick reaction. That I mean, not everybody can 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 quickly get your hands back on that tip ball and snag it the way they did. Correct, but I still think Malet was crazy because mm-hmm. of how close he was to the player to be able to adjust yeah. to that tip and be able to bring it in. Just. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Like, and then Cam Suttons was the only one that wasn't tipped. It right. was just him diving and catching what like the back half of the ball. Yeah. Um, like like Jeffrey Benedict says, he's like Cam Sutton's interception is highly underrated. It really was something something not just because of the timing of it i mean that the, the all dis- would seal the, the game. distance that he had to cover the angle that he had to get totally correct to be able to cover the amount of distance he had to cover to get to it and then just just have enough to get to it to be able to like you said grab the back half of the ball um is impressive yeah, and I'm going to ask you this. I mean, Jeffrey's in the live chat. Maybe he'll chime in. I, like I said, I'm, I am not a secondaries and wide receivers guy, so I, I don't claim that that is my expertise. But they were talking about how, oh, Renfro was wide open and he couldn't get him the ball. Was Renfro really as wide open? Yes. Or was it that Cam Sutton was playing the ball and he ran beyond Renfro because he was playing the ball. If the ball would have been coming to Renfro, I still think he tracked the ball right to where the player would have been. Because I think Cam Sutton the whole time had, you know, he he was locked in on the ball. I don't know if I'm right about that or not. It's just a question. I'd, I'd have to go back. I'd have to go back and look again to see exactly where Sutton was as Carl mm-hmm. let go of the ball. Um I can tell you that before Carr let go of the ball, that I thought it was going to, before Carr let go of the ball, I thought it was going to be a completion. Um, except ball, except Carr didn't give his guy a chance. Basically, Carr missed through the ball. Okay. It was not a good pass because he threw the ball where his guy, where he wasn't really giving his guy the best chance at it. If he throws that ball more down the middle, more in between the hash or even closer to the, so the right-hand hash, he gives his guy a better shot of making the play. Because he put it on the left hash, his guy had zero chance to make a play. And it took an absolute spectacular play for Cam Sutton to get to it. 
Yeah, and I mean the fact that a defender could get to the ball at all. I mean, like I said, I'm 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 no expert with that. Um, um, and the, and Jeffrey said said the same thing. He said um, um, he puts it towards the other hash marks. Renfro was open, but you're throwing the ball deep. You're throwing the ball in the cold. You're throwing the ball in the wind, and those are the kind of things that happen. Bottom line is, Cam Sutton made the play. Cam Sutton yeah, made the play. Now, now the only thing, if he'd have thrown it out there, I'd have also wondered too, um, because the ball that he threw, Sutton was able to get to it because he put a good bit of air under it. If he'd have even thrown it towards the other hash, my question was, did Cam Sutton have the makeup speed if he throws it with the same amount of air under it does he have that burst to actually get over and make it a contested pass that was the part i'd really have to go at go back and look at close to see if see if it would have been but okay my first thought was if the if car throws that ball correctly renfro's open and makes the catch but after looking at the ball that he threw and the amount of air he put under it, if he'd have thrown it to the other hash with the same amount of air, I'm wondering if Sutton had the opportunity to still make a play on the ball, maybe not intercept it, but maybe break up the pass. Okay. Yeah. Now, so I want to make sure I understand this. So I'm, I'm from the perspective of being the offensive coordinator at practice. In other words, the guy standing behind the offensive huddle, Yes. Cam Sutton was on the left side coming over to intercept that ball. You're saying if it would have been more towards the hash marks away from Sutton, correct? Yeah, yeah. So my question is this, because I don't know, because I haven't seen the All-22. Maybe someone else who's watched it can say this. Where's Minka Fitzpatrick on that throw? Uh, Minka had already come up. Okay, because my the, my question because, is... Because Minka was... Minka was, was he middle? Was he, he was, you know what I'm saying? Middle up because he was the bracket on Devontae Adams. Gotcha. He was the bracket over top on Adams um, and was actually in front of that play. Okay, because my because my question is, you know, if Minka Fitzpatrick is on the right side of the defense, even if he's coming up, then you as a quarterback spying to see where's number 39 before the snap comes, you might not want to throw a ball too much towards the middle or to the right. Just because it's it's the Minka factor. Now I don't know where he was in that. Possible. Like I said, I didn't I didn't see, I wasn't looking at that part of that play. I was looking more at you know the pass rush and things of that nature. He, that's he more start Minka. he Minka started deep. They started in too high safety. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Devontae Adams' route came off, Minka came came forward and they play you know because you know kind of that strategy they were using the whole game and over under on Devontae Adams. Yeah, which worked brilliantly. Yes, you know. But you, so. you may be right. The fact that that Carr may have been thinking, I don't want to lead it too far out to the right because, you know, at the snap of the ball, Minka Fitzpatrick's over there. And who was actually having one of the better games in the secondary was also Levi Wallace. He was yeah. having a pretty good game, and he's over there. But, I mean, to me, your preparation for a game is, all right, what you might want to do is identify where's number 39 and not throw the ball in that direction. You, I mean, come on. You know that's what teams are doing. Right. So I don't know if that factored into it or not. That's why I asked the question, simply because I was curious what you or other people thought. So 
that's that's just the way we roll. And the way we're going to roll right now is into our break. We're going to roll into our break. We're going to come back. We're going to you know talk a little you know maybe talk a little bit more about this about the game because well, I, I want to I said before I wanted to break down the last couple plays on offense. Um, and, and everything there. And then, of course, we've got – it's Ravens week, man. It's Ravens yeah. week again. we got to dive into that and just how how the Steelers will need to continue to do their part. So if you're here on uh, Facebook Live or YouTube, stick around on the audio side. Check out these words from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we are back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, with the Scobro Show. I am still Dave Schofield. You are still my big brother, Rich. And do you still need to breathe? Oh, I'm it's almost always ready to breathe. Oh, yes. It was so nice <laughs> to have that victory. First of all, you know, recently I feel like we've struggled against the Raiders at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, so no it was, doubt. It no was doubt. really nice to get a win against the Raiders at home. And, you know. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> It's sometimes maybe I'm crazy, but because the Raiders moved the ball so easy on that first drive, I didn't really identify how well the defense was doing until I really stopped and thought about it. I was ready to be able to see that again. And my goodness, Cam Sutton, how close was he to knock away that ball to Renfro on that touchdown? Um basically surprised it got through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean but then on the very next drive, I think, or two drives later, sometime in the first half, there was another one like that to Deontay Johnson that it looked like he was going to get knocked down, right. and I was surprised yes. that it went through when they completed it. So it, it kind of happened a little bit both ways. But uh, that was one that he broke on the ball, and, and I, you think it was the right play because you thought he would have had, you know, broken up the pass, and then he didn't, and it goes for the touchdown. It was a little bit frustrating with uh, you know, some of those, especially that first drive, some of those third and longs that were converted. I know there's there's one particular person from the Pittsburgh media that always likes to point out the Steelers throwing short of the sticks on third down. The Steelers throwing short to the sticks on third down. You know what the Raiders did? They had like a third and sixteen. Third and sixteen. And threw a four yard pass. And got a first down. And got a first down. Throwing short of the sticks and getting your players in space isn't always the worst thing you can do, especially if the other team is defending the sticks and defending the players at the sticks. Then a player that's short of the sticks it can break free and the other guys might not be there to make the play. And that's exactly what happened. It was frustrating. But I will tell you this. 
One, Kyle Christ, from what Yin's talking about, who also is a writer for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, has a nice article. I don't know when it's going to run, but it's a nice article about third and long in the Steelers' defense. And uh, it, it's funny because someone asked me about it. I'm going to cover a little bit of that on StatGeek as well on Thursday. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to some other things. I'm just going to kind of you know, wrap a nice little bow on it. Steelers are actually pretty good at it. You know, everybody gives up some third and longs at times. Yeah. So uh, make sure you look for that article behind steelcurtain.com because uh, Kyle did a nice job. He, I mean, he went through and and filtered out things that I wouldn't have even filtered out. Like he didn't count Hail, Hail Mary passes and things like that at the end. So it had some pretty good stuff there. But real quick to talk about the offense before we go on. That last drive, fourth and one, I'm sitting there just, not, I can't say I'm screaming. I'm trying not to wake up my kids. I was already, I, I did on the, I they didn't wake up, but man, did I, did I start yelling on that touchdown um, and the interception. But when they got, when they got to fourth and one, I'm just like, sneak it, sneak it, sneak it. Your best play is to sneak it. I'm really glad they, they, they did the sneak. But there's one thing they did that I really – I understand why they didn't, and it's probably because they have a rookie quarterback. But if that would have been Ben Roethlisberger – well, first of all, I don't know they would have actually run the sneak, right? Um, but if it would have been, you know, a, maybe a non-rookie quarterback, maybe someone – maybe like, like a Justin Herbert, like a player that's got a few years in already but is someone that can run the sneak effectively. In that situation, you got – 40-some seconds, you would just call the timeout, you have one timeout left, you know you're going to run the sneak, I'd have called the next play in the huddle. I said, we're going to save our timeout. It's okay if we take 15 or 20 seconds till we run it. After we get the first down, we're going to get right to the line. Because the other reason you want to get right to the line, what if they're not sure if you made it or not, they might want to review it. You get right to the line, don't even give them a chance to do that, and already have your play where you're taking a shot into the end zone. Would would have taken a little bit of time off the clock, which because you know me, I'm the whole time I'm like, score, but don't leave too much time. But when they scored the touchdown, I wasn't worried about the time because I'm just like, they got the touchdown because that has to be priority number one. Um, that was my thought. But also, when, then after they did that, I'm like, you know, it would have been nice for your rookie quarterback to have another timeout if you had to work a few more plays. But after that fourth down conversion, getting him set and everything to go, I really think that that helped them to score on the next play. Did you have any any thoughts about how they were playing things out there with the offense? Um, they had to make the fourth down. You know, yeah. that's where I was just like, oh, if they don't make this, I'm just going to, you know die um and i actually like that they they dialed something up that could work to score on the very next play um partly because i think it caught the raiders just a tad off guard yeah i mean something wasn't right there and they made him pay yeah that 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 throw still had to be right where it needed to be, but to have that line going right to right to Pickens like that, I was like, is that really what they wanted to do? But uh, when you've when you already had 
Deontay Johnson making catches, especially earlier in the game. Pat Fryermuth coming up with with three catches on that final drive that they're really having to pay attention to him. It almost seemed like, you know, they take the timeout and they're like, hey, don't let the tight end kill you in the middle of the field. And they use that to their advantage to get pickings right there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really nice to have three great options like the Steelers have for a quarterback like that. And 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 to and to get that, I was nervous about the extra point. <laughs> I really was. I was like, but at the same time, I was like, the Raiders are really gonna have to get close to make sure they get a field goal because nothing was given. What are your thoughts on the 50-plus yarder when it was fourth and four after Boz had already missed? If we'd have gotten it to fourth and two, we'd have gone for it. Yeah. But if it was fourth and two, it would have been a – was it a 52-yarder they were going for? I, mean, yeah. I can't remember the exact it distance. Have, no, but a 50-yard. But if it had been fourth and two, they'd have gone for it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. When they lined up to kick it, I'm like, they're not going to make this. Usually, I'm like, it's Boz. He's got it. But, I mean, you're kicking an ice ball. <laughs> In the wind, ice ball in the wind, and I could tell on both of Boz's kicks, he was trying to make sure that he really struck the ball well Mm -hmm. to drive it through the wind. And because he was trying to strike it so well, he yanked it a little bit. You have the tendency to put it a little bit left, just like when you're trying to get a few extra yards on your golf drive that's exactly what i was gonna say it's like on on golf if you're really trying to well you know me if i tried it too hard then i'm ended up going way to the right with the tape with a crazy terrible slice but if you're really trying to swing too hard a lot of time you're going to drive it a little bit left when i try to swing too hard i pull it left yeah yep and sometimes, sometimes, like I said, I can get it to balance out to then slice it back. But uh, yeah, that's that's just that's that's one of those those things. I just for some reason I didn't have a good feeling about that one. But it's Boz; he could have turned around and and hit it, and I would have felt better. But uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yep. All right. Hey, I got one more thing. About okay, one more thing before we move on. Kind of about this game before we move to the next game. Okay. Just a just a question. Maybe okay. A question. Maybe it's a hypothetical. Maybe it's a just. Has anybody thought about this? You know, we lost Franco before the game. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Franco looked up Coach Madden while he was <laughs> up there and reminded Coach Madden that it was the fiftieth anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, and then watched the Steelers beat the Raiders and just had a good old time, just, you know, grinning and, you know, rubbing that salt in. Try, a yeah, turning it in a little that. bit, you know. A very similar score. A lot. It's so funny because of the number of people that had picked Steelers to win 13-7, yeah. you know, because it would have been the same score. The fact that it was 13-10, um, you know, just – was in a similar manner. And the Steelers not scoring a touchdown all game until the final minute. And and, um, and I, I, I can hear Frank right now. Hey, hey coach, uh, it ended 13 to 10. You got a little closer this time. Got a little closer <laughs> this time. But, but, uh, but the difference in that one is the Steelers led the game the whole time up until they gave up the touchdown late. And then they had to try to come from behind. And that's when everything happened. Right. Um, so some pretty interesting stuff. But 
the Raiders are always tough for the Steelers in Pittsburgh um, in recent years. And it was a big night. And the Steelers, the 2022 Steelers did their part. They needed that game. Even if they would have, I mean, even if the record coming in instead of, instead of being um, six and eight, even if the record, you know, would have been four and 10, you know, or three and 11, it didn't, that was one they needed to win. Yes. That was an important one. And they won an important one, but they also needed to win to keep things alive. Now, you you know what you and I have been saying for quite some time. I know exactly what we've been saying for quite playoffs. some time. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Yeah, you kidding me? I wrote an article. Let's see when when did it? What's I don't even know what today is. What's today? Is today no, we're on this show. It's Tuesday night. That's what it's well, gonna be. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just with the with the holiday and everything. I'm I'm still trying to remember things. So I had an article that ran yesterday. We had an extra day in there. I hadn't written a commentary article for a long time, and my article was where the Steelers are right now feels like where the Steelers should be right now. The Steelers are on the cusp of the playoffs, really on the outside looking in, needing needing a lot of help. If they can do well in their last two games, they're going to be one of the first teams out. If you would have told me before the season started that the offense would improve, the Steelers would be playing much better in the second half of the season, T.J. Watt would miss seven games, and the team was going to be close to making the playoffs in you know not not where they fell apart at the end but where they hung around well enough to stay close until enough other things outside of their control happened i'd say you know that's a pretty good building block for this team that is i mean it's in a rebuild it really it's it, it's in a reload rebuild and people want to talk about you know the most expensive defense in the nfl it's a salary cap. If you've got the most expensive defense, then you've got the cheapest offense. Yep. It's a trade-off. So that that you know the offense was young, needed to get there, needed to get things going. Um, the defense was missing the best player in the league. I mean, the Steelers lost their two most important players from each, you know, one from each side of the ball from last year. They didn't have their quarterback that they had had for 18 years, and they lost the reigning defensive player of the year for seven games. And they're still managing to hang around. To me, that's kind. that kind of feels like this team. I don't know that this team feels like a playoff team. It's not like a team that I would expect to, to make a bunch of noise and possibly be the team that could really get there. I would love to see the Steelers make the playoffs. But I'm only looking at it as them having an extra game. I, I'm not holding out the hope of of, of make, going on a crazy run, but you never know. It, it just kind of seems that that's who this team is right now. I, I still, uh, you know, come on. You're a numbers guy. I'm a numbers guy. The numbers say that the Steelers don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Now, it's not impossible, but it's, you know, really unlikely. But let's say the stars align and they did. You know how I would be looking at it? Mm-hmm. Great. We got a bunch of young guys, especially on offense, that we need to give them that playoff game experience. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's what it would be. It would be great experience for them. 
you know, and, and, and that, honestly, and point, I don't care playing. about the 500 record thing. I really don't. I don't. At that point, we'd be playing with house money. Yeah. You know, and it's, hey, let's go out and just do our things, gain some experience. If we win a game, we win a game. If we don't win a game, hey, we weren't supposed to be here. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers, I mean, they are, I'm trying to think. I actually placed a bet on their win total for this year, and I can't remember what it is. I think if they win their last two games, I win the bet. Because I didn't take what the line was. I took an extra game to try to get to try to get better odds before the season even started. This is before week one, you know, and and I'm like, I really don't have the expectations of them being there. The, the only to me, the only way they were going to be there is if the defense played lights out all season. And the defense struggled without TJ Watt. And the defense still struggles at time, even with TJ Watt. I mean, they're they're still it's it's the offense of the NFL these days that you're going, a team's gonna find a way to do something against you. You're going to get got eventually. It's really, really hard to win 17 games based on defense alone because somebody's going to figure out something that's going to work against you. And the defense has been playing really well, except when they're not. You know, it's kind of like you being on the show. Yeah, <laughs> you're with you're with me every week, except when you're not. Um, I like the way they're playing now. And I, do you think the Steelers can win their last two games? Yeah, they could. They could. They could lose them both too. Yeah, they could. They could lose them both too. I would not be shocked at seven and ten or nine and eight. And I really think these last two games are going to set the tone going into twenty twenty three. If 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 you made me pick and put some percentages on there right now, I'd say there's a twenty five percent chance the Steelers win them both. There's mm-hmm. a twenty five percent chance the Steelers lose them both, and there's and a fifty percent chance, chance they go one on one. Yeah. So, so in other words, know. you really feel like they're they're coin flip games. And yeah. the biggest thing when it comes down, like I'm like they blew their chance. They had their chance to beat Baltimore at home in a game they should have won, but they got killed in the turnover department. They got killed in the special teams department, and it didn't work out. But the very next week. The Ravens were on the other side of that of that battle, where they got killed in the turnover department. They had their kicker get one blocked and miss one, which is unheard of. That's and right. they ended up getting beat by the Browns, which goes to show it really is going to be about which team plays better that day. Yeah, because then you look and you think, oh, we you know we should have no problem handling the Browns last the last week of the year. There are you know. They're not playing for much of anything. Look, they lost to the Saints last week. But they beat the Ravens the week before. Right. And they've yeah. beat us once. So, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's NFL football. And, he, and and it's AFC North football. It yeah. really depends on who shows up that day. Coach Tomlin said in his press conference today, you know, like, oh, you just played so recently. He's like, these two teams could play on back-to-back days and the outcome could be different. Yeah. They, it really could. Um, are you on Lamar watch at our at all? Um, not see really. if he plays or not. No, me neither. To me, it's not even about as much about the Ravens as it is the Steelers. Because if the Steelers took care of the Steelers the first time they played, if they did their part, they win the game, in my opinion. Right. 
that, you know, it, it was almost like the preseason when Coach Tom's like, it's not really about the opponent or even when he's or like this early in the season. It's not nearly as much about them as it is about us right now. And that's exactly what happened the first time they, they played the Ravens. It was it was about the Steelers, and it, and it wasn't. So it, that's really what it is going into this game. So whether it's 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 Lamar or Snoop, it doesn't really matter to me because the defense is going to have to show up and play a good game, regardless of who's playing quarterback. That's right. yeah, yeah. They're going to have to not let whoever is back there under center or in the backfield run all over us. Yeah. And I would really, really like to see Kenny Pickett get to play a full game against the Ravens and experience this rivalry. Yeah. I really want to see that. I think that's as important as anything. I don't know. Your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, not not the most important thing out there. I mean, of course I want to see Kenny play and play an entire game. That's just because I don't want to see Kenny get hurt or anything like that. But that's not as not a huge, huge deal to me. Yeah, and I mean it's not like you know Lamar Jackson has played great against the Steelers in the however many times he actually played against them. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I don't think that really matters. I want to see Kenny get, you know, experience this rivalry more than just saying, Oh, here, here, welcome to the rivalry. Boom, you're out of the game. You know, that that was quite the welcome to it. So um right. I really could see things going either way. But the the thing is. Back to the title of the show. The Steelers just need to do their part. Don't it does if if the Dolphins win and the Steelers are out, then oh well. Because this week, you know, what is it? the Patriots have to beat the Dolphins and the Jets have to lose to it was the Seahawks. I yes. think it is. I could see both of those things happening, especially you don't know what's going on with Tua. Then the next week, the Jets have to beat the Dolphins and the Patriots have to lose to the Bills. I could see that happening. If that happens and the Steelers win both games, then then they'll be in, be in the postseason. But to me, the biggest thing that has to happen there is the Steelers have to win both games. So if you're if you don't make it, it's because you're. I mean, you've you know, you've you've made your bed. Now you have to lie in it. All you can do now is do your part. Really, what I want to see the last two games from the Steelers, I'm not even worrying and watching on other stuff. I want to, I want the Steelers to play well their last two games. Yeah, win or win or lose, play well, play well. If you play well and it and just and it and and you can't pull off the victory, it's going to be disappointing. But play well, just play well, because uh, I think honestly, if they play well in both of these games, because you know who hasn't been playing well. The Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they haven't. Really they have been not playing. been playing well. So to me, if the Steelers play well, and and the, and the and the Ravens beat them by two points, only because even though they weren't playing well, the Steelers played worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, you know, the other things will happen, and if they and part of me is almost like if they've already happened before the Steelers play play, then so be it. But that's why it would have been nice for it to be at one because then you don't say, hey. I want to see them do their part, knowing that these other things are still possible. But um, let, let me just throw another question out there: who, who out there, you know, is actually, you know, going into our bye week 
would have thought we'd have been sitting here getting ready to talk about the next to the last game of the season and saying that the Steelers were still technically, mathematically able to get in the playoffs. See, I thought there I was a chance. You know, we, well, at that point in time, you knew there was a chance. Mm-hmm. Right? There was no doubt there was a chance, but, but most people had, you know, uh, there were a lot of folks that had pretty much given up on it. The season's a waste. We might as well go ahead and tank and get the best draft pick we can get. Yeah. Which we said Steelers are never going to do that because you play to win the game. There because I didn't have it. I, I I I didn't have it queued up. You play to win the game. There it is. <laughs> and why? Hello. You play to win the game. I had to do it with the hello in there. <laughs> you know, and so the Steelers have continued to play to try to win. They've won some games. We're going into week 17, and Steelers are s- still in the mix. Playoffs. You know, they're, they're, that's right. That's right. They're, you know, they're a team. They're a team. Nobody really. You know, ask me if the Ravens are happy that they're facing the Steelers this week. I doubt that. You know, it, it, it's like what team that's fighting for playoff position would want to be playing the Steelers right now. Yeah, you know, right now that you know, the Jets and the Patriots are saying, "Boy, Ben, we're glad we got them early in the year because if we were playing them on the second half here, yeah, it would be a whole different thing." Uh, that's something that I'm eventually, you know, that's a question of, on the Friday night six pack. I'm ready to ask unless Jeff steals it this week. All right, Steelers fans, if you can go back and play any one of the any one of the teams that the Steelers played before the bye and play them now. Who, which one would you pick? You know, it's going to be one of those. You know, it, oh, yeah. it's got to be because because it, it's just it, it, it's 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 I mean, what it was. I mean, my goodness, Zach Wilson came back and started to tear up for the Jets for a game or two, and then it all fell apart. And the Steelers just so happened to hit it in that worst possible time. But I I had said before, if the Steelers could go three and one, and then four games coming out of the out of the bye week, I've only said I, I think I've mentioned this may, maybe once. Yeah, in other words, I've said it a bunch. Yeah. Then then you have that home game against the Ravens where anything could happen. You find a way to win that game, and wow, you're really sitting pretty. The fact that they didn't win that game, but yet they still have the possibility playing them the next time. So much so, like Jeffrey said here earlier, I'll see if I can find it. He said. I mean, at two and six, would anyone have predicted the NFL would flex the Steelers week 17 into Sunday night? Exactly. Exactly. You weren't expecting them to flex no. the one out that they did. There's no way you think, and you're looking to say, like, they're not going to flex anything else in. Oh, my goodness. This isn't. And there it is. It's a game that matters. So it's pretty cool. You know, you're talking about, you know, if we beat the Ravens, we're sitting pretty. You could actually look at it right now. If the Steelers actually would have won that game against the Ravens, as we really should have a couple yeah. of weeks ago, basically we'd almost be sitting at a point where Steelers controlled their own destiny for the playoffs Yeah, without needing so much help. Exactly. You know, uh, that would have been big there, but I mean, really, if they could have either, if they could have beat either new England or Miami to where they had the tiebreaker against them and yeah. not having to overcome and not having the tiebreaker, um, that would have been big. But uh, like Brian Brown said last year, no way the Jags were beating the Colts last year either, right? <laughs> that wasn't going to be the Steelers. Weren't, weren't supposed to make the playoffs because of that. That happened, and then they almost didn't because a game right. almost ended in a tie. Ooh, so it, it, 
it, it is what it is. This is the, do you think this team was better than last year? I didn't expect this team to be better from last year. I expected, I mean, Jeffrey brought it up before even. I keep I keep quoting Jeffrey. The Keith Butler factor of how he could really dial up some good stuff for his for 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 a player like TJ Watt. To think that the Steelers didn't miss Keith Butler this year would kind of I don't think that's being talked about enough. You know, that 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 was the the how the Steelers sacks. Oh, it was you chalk it up to TJ being injured. I chalk it up to Keith Butler not being there scheming up some good stuff to get more pressure on the quarterback. So um, a lot of those different things all all come into play. But man, it's it's nice to be here, isn't it? it yeah, it is. It, it's nice to still be talking about the Steelers playing meaningful football this late in, into the year in a year where a lot of people didn't expect them to be. Yes, yes, and. It's, and very and happy. They could to still see, finish seven and ten. They really could. And, and happy to see the improved play in the second half of the season. Yeah, we saw some stuff that was rough early on. We expected to see stuff rough yeah. early on, and not to say that it's all better now, but it's been improving now. Yes, that's what we. I mean, we talked about that back in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So. All in all, you know, right now I'm looking at it and say, you know what? Was it a great year for the Steelers? No. Have we learned a lot of what, you know, and a lot of Steelers gotten learned some lessons that they've needed to learn and grown in their positions? Yes. Now the question will be, okay, what happens this offseason and what do we put together for next year? But we're not to that point yet. We're still playing football. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And, and, you know, think about it. Some people hate that we, that they still use this. If you look at your quarterback's record, I mean, Kenny Pickett as a starter is five and five, you know, the, there was a loss to the Ravens where he didn't even complete a pass before he was knocked out. Um, but then there was also the game against Tampa that, that Trubisky came in and, and, and won the game as well. Um, so it's, it's a trail, but still he's five and five. Look at someone like Joe Burrow in his first year. Yep. He was two, seven and one. I talked before, about that actually on the post yeah, show before today. he got hurt. So now am I saying that I expect Kenny Pickett to, to then turn around and have the season that Joe Burrow did last year? I mean, granted he was 10 and six, but look at what they did in the postseason. Am I saying that? No, but I'm saying that. It's a decent start. It really is a decent start. So even, you know, even if they drop the last two, it's going to be disappointing, but they really have a chance to write a much better story and and write a a much better ending to go into next year with. So that's why they need to do their part. All right, Rich, we are out of time. We are going way over. I need a score prediction. Uh, for Sunday night so that we can get them all up here in the live chat and finish it up. Yep. You, you typed and ready to go. Cause I'm ready to give my score. I am ready. Okay. Steelers win 20 to 18. <laughs> going, going 20 to 18. Yep. Um, 
All right. I'm trying. So they so they get the two point win this time rather than yes. the two point loss. Yep. All right. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So you can go ahead and put your score in there. If it doesn't say a team, then we assume it's the Steelers. So here we go. Thomas Riley. He's got Steelers. He's got a 17 17 time. Come on. Thomas. He's got a 17. He, no, 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 I think he's going for the 8 8 and 1 500 oh, record. Okay. Gotcha. 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 So, okay. It's funny if the other two things happen. I don't know if a tie. I saw whether or not a, if the Steelers tie would eliminate them or not. I can't remember. Um, but at this point, that's, I really don't care. Uh, State of the Steelers, Daniel J, who was on the post game show with you, he says twenty four thirteen Steelers. BF Bud, BF Bud, haven't haven't hey, seen haven't BF seen Bud for a, while. for a while. He's got nineteen seventeen Steelers with a two point win. Okay, Brian Brown's got 16-14 Steelers. He's got it the other way around from the last time. A lot of two-point wins here so far. Uh, Steelers-Pittsburgh, 17-13. George Teston, 39-18. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't it be great to see the Steelers go in and put in put up over 30? I'd love to see them go into Baltimore and blow them out. Oh, that, that would be, be awesome. That, that would be phenomenal. Um, Soaring Eagle has 13-6. Ravens. Um, Rod Neiser has uh, Steelers 13 to 10. Harvey Stone has Steelers 17, 14, Steel Dog 88, 21, 20 Steelers. I kind of don't, you know, I don't even want the Ravens to have eight seconds to where to, or they'd be getting a kickoff to know that Justin Tucker could come into things. Because honestly, it's supposed to be, I think, maybe even 60 degrees by Sunday. Yes. In Baltimore. So it's not going to be like it was with the Steelers last game. Okay. Evan Giles has 24-21 Steelers. Tyler W. 20-16 Steelers. George Rice 16-9 Steelers. James Tresvance got Steelers 23-13. Jay Underrated says 16-19 Steelers. Um, Richard Adamson says 24-21 Steelers. And Reginald Rivers has 19-16 Steelers. Um, uh, someone did say that a tie would eliminate them. Um, I, I, I know I saw that it was one or the other. I just couldn't remember what it was because I don't want to worry about a tie. Uh, Ruben Stone says uh, 20 to 16. I, I knew a tie came into a factor where it was bad for the Steelers. I didn't know if it was bad if they tied or if it was bad if the Dolphins tied. That's what I couldn't remember. Um, M. Marcus, 39. He's got 20 to 13 Steelers. Um, Frosty, Frosty the Bears got a blowout. It's got 37-13. Um, see, I already got Jay underrated, didn't I? Mark Tobin's got 30 to 16, um, except then he says R afterwards. So I think that might mean that he's saying that it's Ravens, um, in his very next, next comment. So I'm not, I'm not sure. Felicia. Hey, Felicia. Hey, Felicia. She's got 13 to 10 Steelers says, let's do it again. Okay. Outside Steelers fan says, sorry, outside Steeler fan. Got to get it right. Says good guys twenty seven rat birds fourteen. Um, everyone else is saying hey Felicia. No, no, <laughs> Sherry Richards. I, I don't think Sherry's missed a score all year. Got to well meaning missed giving us a score all year. Got to make sure we get this right. one twenty three seventeen. Even when Facebook wasn't working on one of our shows, Sherry was the one score we got. I think uh, which was great. Um, we had nothing to do about that. Um, Patricia Castaneda says 21-17 Steelers. Um, here we go. Still looking. Everyone saying hi. Everyone saying good night. I think that's the last score we got for now. Yes, it is. Ooh, Rich, 
it's on the road, but th- honestly, the way the Steelers played, especially against the FC South on the road and against the Colts, I'm not, I don't think they have, they're in a, in a road funk like we've seen in past years. So I'm not worried about that. You do have to at least acknowledge the environment. But if I was Ravens fans, I'd be more scared of this game because you're like, oh man, the Steelers aren't really as, as good, you know, and, and we're, we're already in the playoffs trying to win the, win the division, uh, you know, to me, this screams Ryan Mallett. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I had a memory show up that my wife showed me because I don't pay attention to Facebook anymore. Seven was that seven years ago, I think it was. Maybe or, or that that was that game was today that I went to the game in Baltimore and the Steelers played against Ryan Mallett. They were not the Ravens were already eliminated. And the Steelers were right on the cusp of the postseason, and they lost to Ryan Mallett, quarterbacking the Ravens. So that just goes to show that sometimes when one team seems that they're a little bit down and the other one's trying to do something for the playoffs, it could be anything. It's really crazy. anything anything goes in, in this rivalry. Hey, make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Steelers' needs. We've got everything covered. We've got our whole podcast lineup. It should it should look very similar to what it has all the time. You're here tonight. Tomorrow night, there's another Know Your Enemy. I'm not 100% sure who bad got locked in with this. I know that I was hoping that it was the same person that they had the last time they played the Ravens because that was a phenomenal show. That was one of their best, best shows, one of their best guests that they had all season for that one. Although the Dwight Stone one was great when they played the Panthers. It really wasn't about breaking down the teams. It was about talking to Dwight Stone, yeah. uh, which which was great. It was a different type of show. So you've got that coming to, tomorrow night on the YouTube show, on the YouTube side. You're also, you know, you got your Let's Ride tomorrow. You got your War Room tomorrow afternoon. I'll be around on Stat Geek um, Thursday morning. Preview on YouTube. Regular lineup for everything else. Late night, post-game show. That's just how it's going to be. Um, I saw a couple more scores that I missed here. We got um, Alice... Alice, 24-21 Steelers. Um, let's see. what I thought I saw one more. Can I find it? Can I find it? Nope. I must have been. Thank you, Sherry, for reminding me the name, that it was Daniel Wilcox, the former Ravens player that was on last time. I'm hoping he's on tomorrow night. I know it was in the works. We'll see. I wish I had something more definitive for you. Rich, give us your thoughts to close this out here. Hey, like I've been saying this entire podcast, it seems, Still playing meaningful football. Um, this will be on in January, right? So yeah. the Steelers in January will be playing. Yeah, we're still out there to be playing meaningful football. You play um, to win the game. That's what they're doing. <laughs> to win the game. And, and really, I, I just want to see them keep doing some of the things we've seen in this second half. Um, again, be nice to see. See a, a a great game where they put it all together would be great to go into Baltimore and see a game where it's put all together offensively, defensively, special teams. See one of those, you know, um, it's not easy to go in and play a Baltimore, but it's not easy for Baltimore to come in and play at Pittsburgh. They came into our place and won a game they shouldn't have. Uh, why don't we just go return the favor? Uh, I'm going to be sitting on my couch Sunday night, NBC, uh, Sunday night, NBC. That means what? 
Who do we have to listen to? Uh, you at least get to listen to Mike Tirico because I think he's one of the best. Okay. But unfortunately, you also got to listen to the other guy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so let, you know, let's get prepared to – to. wouldn't it be nice to give a beat down to Baltimore on that night and have to listen to Collinsworth talk about how bad we're beating Baltimore? That would be fantastic. A, that would just be awesome. So, um, you know, I'm going to be there Sunday night. I hope you are too. Can't wait. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.